You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hey, 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 hey. It's the Horizons Church Podcast once again, rocking you into 2019. As always, I'm your host, Pastor Josiah. Today, we are joined once again by the venerable, honorable Reverend Dr. Steve Felder. Glad to be here. Thanks for yeah. joining us once again. Yeah, yeah. So we are at the beginning of a brand new sermon series in we the book of Luke, yes, which we, we actually talked a little bit about in the last podcast. Yes, we did. About how to help folks engage with the gospel of Luke in their own Bible reading. Right. Gave them some tools and some help. So once again, just plug in a previous episode. If you want to dig deeper into Luke, listen to our most recent episode uh, before this one. And we uh, we talked through some helpful tools that might help you decipher. Great and, tools. Yeah, understand the gospel of Luke as we're going to be pressing through it in 2019. And I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about a very curious phrase that appeared in this weekend's message. Yeah. So if you were all present at our worship services this weekend, you will recall the passage we were in dealt with the boy Jesus in the temple. Uh, So we're getting to see a glimpse of Jesus in his boyhood, which is pretty unique to Luke Gospels. In fact, it's very unique. It's the only place we see an account of him at this age. Very little information about that. Yeah. And his parents have gone up for the Feast of Passover in this passage. And they've taken Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. So they're in Jerusalem with the boy Jesus and they celebrate Passover, observe it, and then they're leaving with their family. And they get down the road a ways and realize, oh, crap. The moment every parent fears, we've lost our son. Of course, we've not only lost our son, we've somehow lost the son of God, which I'm sure adds an extra measure of humility and terror as a Which probably tells you a little bit about what kind of kid he was. (laughs) I mean, here's a guy that nobody worries about. Yes. He's Mm -hmm. always going to do the right thing. I mean, mothers and fathers travel separately, and men with men, women with women. And so mom thinks, well, he's with Joseph. And Joseph says, well, he's, he's obviously with Mary. And... Somewhere about a day into it, how's Jesus doing to Joseph? You know, it's like, well, I thought he was with you. you know? <laughs> like that that wide-eyed look. Oh, well, time to head back to uh, Jerusalem and see if we can find this little lad. Yeah. And of course, after a few days of searching, they do find him back in all places, the temple, (laughs) talking to the teachers and the religious leaders, and apparently the religious teachers were very impressed with the boy Jesus. Yeah, he seems to have captured their full attention. Yeah. So, of course, his parents, Mary and Joseph, are very flabbergasted, distressed is, I think, the word uh, they used. And they say, well, what, what have you done? And Jesus responds with, didn't you know? I must be in my father's house. Of course, they look at him like, what? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the the thrust of what he's saying is, look, you know, I mean, I, I get it that you were a day down the road and a day back, but you spent a whole day looking in Jerusalem for me. Yeah. And why is it you didn't start here? Mm-hmm. You should have known I'd be here. I yeah. had to be here, you know? Yeah. And so there was a... A little bit of incredulity on him. He was just—he was like puzzled. Why would you be looking in the bazaar and all these other places? Why didn't you look for me here? Didn't you know I had to be here? Yeah. There's this very compulsory language that he develops around this. That it's not just oh well, I'd like to be in the temple, and yeah. I just wasn't ready yeah. to leave. You know, it was like Disney World. Like ah, not yet, mom just and dad. Just one more game. Just yeah, one more game. Come now. on. Yeah, not um, one of those. Yeah. It seems there's this sense of compulsion deep inside of him that yeah. he, he uses a three-letter word that's in Luke's quote of Jesus. We would spell it D-E-I. <laughs> 
And for a Greek, it talks about something that is compelling, Mm -hmm. something that um, is an internal, emotional, or duty-bound, or spiritually directed, or something that's in your wiring that says, I have to do this. I'm internally required to do this. Mm -hmm. I want to do it, but I'm compelled to do it. And that's the word he uses, a very strong word that describes not just duty, but desire as well and sense of this is who I am. I've got to be here. Right. I'd like to discuss with you the relationship between that word where he talks about I must be in my father's house and then his terminology of the temple being my father's house. It's a very interesting phrase, right? And it's not the only time that Jesus refers to the temple as my father's house. Right. This is the this is one of them at twelve, he already is aware that this complex of buildings mm-hmm. has a special draw for him. Yeah. And it has a special significance for him. He calls it his father's house. It's interesting that Mary says, Your father and I are we're <laughs> yeah. looking for it. He says, Well, no, actually, my this is my father's house. Uh, so Joseph it was a little, is like what? <laughs> a little a little moment of correction, you know. Yes. Uh, uh, but then he said in John two, when he's cleansing the temple yes. and everybody's misusing they're taking the sacred and using it irreverently. They're mm-hmm. they're robbing people, they're shaking people down in the temple under the guise of religion. And Jesus says, you've made my father's house, a den of thieves. Mm-hmm. And again, he's talking about the temple complex, all these these buildings and courtyards. And he says, this isn't just a human temple. It's, it is my father's yeah. house. Mm-hmm. And he had emotional connection and a zealousness towards it. He said that, that he drove the people out with a whip, yeah. you know, for <laughs> for messing with his dad's place. He yeah. says, you can't mm-hmm. do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know. So he took a real affront to the misbehaviors or the mistreatments, uh, mis, you know, um, acting badly right. in his in his father's home, in his father's house. So, yeah. yeah. And it's not the only time that Jesus uses the terminology, my father's house, at all in scripture, because he doesn't just use that term to refer to the physical temple complex. He uses it later in John 14, and he's obviously not referring to a physical Correct. place. So That's what's right. what's the relationship between those yeah. two? I think most of us have probably connected the dots that Jesus says, I have to, had to be in my father's house. And then Jesus takes a whip and drives people out who have been desecrating his father's house. Yeah. But then you jump to the end of his life, and he looks at what we would call heaven. It's the place where we dwell with God forever. And he says, I'm going to go away. And if I go away, I'll come back and I'll get you. So that where I am, there you can be also. Because in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So I'm going to come back and get you. And I'm going to take you to my father's house. And you're going to be with me forever. And so we have this, how is the temple his father's house, and then what is there about eternity in the right. future that's, that he also says, because Jesus names both of these. These aren't things that the apostles said, oh, we call this the father's. This is right. Jesus saying, this is my father's house, and then he goes to eternity, and he's where we're going to be with him for eternity, and he says, oh, and and that's, this is my father's house. Right. So we have these two very different places. So the question is, what is there about both of these that make them so special to Jesus that he calls yeah. him his father's house? Right. I find it very interesting that, of course, he relates these two. You know, you got a physical place, the temple, yes. he calls my father's house. And you have the, I guess for lack of a better term, the eternal dwellings where we're going to be with him forever. Right. That's my father's house. The relationship between those two seems to be perhaps more intimately linked than maybe we would have ever guessed on an initial 
yeah, read I think, through. I think the heart of it is that the temple is supposed to be a little slice of that heavenly place. Right. It is supposed to be a place on earth where men and God connect in a unique place, in a unique way. They connect around spirit to spirit, and they connect around the truth. He says, when you worship here, you worship in spirit and in truth. And in truth. Yeah. When you go here, you're unwrapping the truth to know how to live it out in your life. You have all these celebrations that create moments of remembrance about history of the nation that reinforces these truths that I'm trying to tell you and reattaches people's hearts to God. It seems to be this place on earth where God comes down to be with men and connect with them in spirit and truth. And of course, the eternal home is where we go to be with God. Yeah, God comes to us to meet with us in this temple place. And then we go to be with him in this father's house. And uh, he calls it dwelling places. But he says, it's in my father's house. It's where you're going to yeah. hang out with me forever. You're going to be with me Spirit and truth, those things will be unpacked for eternity, yeah. and there'll be this connection with God, a taste of which we get now, the full experience later. Yeah. So if that's true, that the temple in Jesus's day, his father's house, was kind of a taste of the home he'd left, right? right. I mean, that's even another piece of this, right? That comes back to, I think, why Jesus felt like he had to be yeah. in his father's house, at least part of it, right? Part of it was this yep. touchstone idea then for yep. him. For him, I think the temple was a taste of the father's house he had left. Yeah. For us, it's a taste of the father's house we're going to. Mm-hmm. But for Jesus, it's like being in this weird place where everything is contrary to your <laughs> father. It's this this place in rebellion. And the one place that is a little taste of home, the one place that's a little taste of what he left, is supposed to be the temple. Yeah. And when it's not, he mm-hmm. gets very confrontational. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> this is supposed to be where you get a taste of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You get a yep. taste of that. It's going to be, you know, the full meal over there. But you get it's supposed to get a taste of that here. And it's supposed to be a an outpost, a, a place where people see a distinct difference or they get this taste of the sacred and the reverent and the, and the transcendent. And there's this place where it's relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. But it connects you to this God who is beyond you, you know, and, yeah. the, and the world that he is calling us to. So mm-hmm. it's supposed to do both of those things, connect to us where we are and take us to where we're not. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And would you mind to talk us through why it is – because you have Jesus – in a physical temple. Correct. I mean, as a man, um, he, he feels like he needs to be in a physical place, Correct. Um, a localized area yep. Yep. to experience what you're talking about, this transcendence that is somehow yet connected to yep. real life. Paul, the apostle, later calls the local church the temple. Yes. So what practical encouragement and uh, exhortation is there for us now even yeah. um, from this encounter with Jesus in the temple? Yeah, the, the physical temple that Jesus was in was destroyed in 70 A.D. So, Filthy uh, Romans. Yeah, <laughs> Titus, Titus came in and took it apart piece by piece, rock by rock. But the thing that made the temple the temple was it's where God came to be with men. And in the full functioning temple, the presence of God actually was in the temple. It was called Shekinah glory. So you had this physical presence of God living in the temple so we have this big, the big complex of buildings was called the Hieron. The place where God dwelled was called the Namas. The, it was the inner sanctum, the inner mm-hmm. temple. And when God talks about us as Christians and the local church, he calls us that 
inner sanctum. Mm -hmm. He calls us that place because the Spirit of God dwells in every Christian. And when Christians gather together in local congregations, there's this cluster of the presence of God in a place of worship where people are connecting with God in spirit and truth to meet us where we are in the rough and tumble life we're in and all the all the mess that we're in, right. but give us a taste of the eternal and give us the truth that helps us travel through this. So when he talks to Christians, he says, you know, when you're in a body of worshipers in a local church, 1 Corinthians 15, 16, he says, you Corinthian church, one of the craziest churches, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then he says, you Corinthian church are a temple and therefore you should behave certain ways yes. in this, in this mm-hmm. temple. Actually, when Paul talks to Timothy mm-hmm. in First Timothy, was oh, it 3, three I think 15, it is, yeah. he says, I'm writing this letter, First Timothy, to you so that you'll know how you ought to behave yourself in the church. He's talking about the local church of God, which is the household of God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Yeah. And so there's certain behaviors that are okay here and there's certain things that are not okay. Church has got to be gritty enough to deal with the realities of life and there's a place where... It has to be reverent enough to understand certain things don't happen here. Yeah. And uh, if you turn this into a, a place to shake people down, he yeah. said it's it's not a good thing. Yeah. So anyway, in fact, in 1 Corinthians 3, that where he calls the church a temple, he says, oh, by the way, if you defile this temple, God will defile you. <laughs> so there's again, <laughs> there's this, there's this <laughs> you know, this confrontational piece that... You've got to be earthy enough to connect with people, but there is a place where it's inappropriate to go beyond. That, yeah. that There's this place where you don't go there because this is supposed to give you a taste of the home, the house, of this eternal place. We're supposed to be a little snippet of that, a little yeah. taste of that. You know? Yeah, and that was, uh, I think, a phrase you used when we were talking about this recently was you're trying to maintain uh, the tension between being reverent and being relevant, yep. right? That's what you're, yep. you're going for in these gatherings in the Father's house, in the yeah. temple, the local church. If Jesus is a perfect man, sensed, I'm compelled to be here. It's mm-hmm. necessary for me to be here. It is emotionally and duty-bound to mm-hmm. be here. It is it's part of my wiring makes it necessary for me to be here. If that was true of Jesus, yeah. and he says, you are children of God too, and I've changed you, and I brought you into this family. Now he says, I don't want you to forsake the assembling of the selves together. Right. Not just because it's a duty, but because there's something in us that is compelled to be there. And it's a centering right. place. It's a, Look at your life and say, Let's say I just break away and I get busy and I get out of the habit. And for two months, I don't show up in a place where I connect with God around spirit and truth in spirit and truth. And I get a taste of the eternal. And I let the craziness of my life get touched by eternal truth and get myself reoriented, recentered. Right. If I don't mm-hmm. do that for two months, my guess is... You will feel that. <laughs> yeah, that will have a negative impact. And if Jesus needed a place to center himself... He needed a place to, to get a taste of home, yeah. get a taste of the truth that reshapes the craziness around us. If he needed that, how much more us? Right. Know? It's an absolute shame that I think we are, like the author of Hebrews said, you know, I think some of us, and I know I've been tempted to feel the same way, but it's easy to get into the habit of feeling like neglecting the local gathering of the church because, like you said, time fills up, you know, yeah. you feel like I could just podcast yeah. church yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, not not precisely, you yeah. know. Uh, he never, Jesus never said, go to the woods. The woods is the temple of God. Right. The woods is a great place to see, says, I behold, nature declares the glory of the Lord and the firmament mm-hmm. his handiwork. You can see a reflection of God there. But he never calls nature and the beauty of nature a temple. Where Christians come together, 
where God says, I'm going to meet you there, Mm -hmm. where people indwelt by the Spirit of God gather together and worship together and learn together and ministry together and reach out to lost people together. That is temple stuff. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. uh, you can't do that by yourself enjoying nature. You can have a, a great experience with that, but that's not the temple. Right. That's not a temple experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one final thing that I found encouraging about this discussion is how great it is that God gave us a physical, localized taste yeah. of our eternal home. Like what a privilege and a gift that is that it's not just something that he was like, he left it at, oh, well, you'll get it one day, but you can't imagine it right now. He said, no, gather together in the Father's house, in the local church, and you'll get yeah. a physical, for lack of a better term, a a, a sensational experience. Yeah, it's a sampler plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, I think it's C.S. Lewis who said that there's something positive within the imperfections of every experience of our life here on earth. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced a perfect worship service, but in not experiencing a perfect worship service, I'm reminded that one day there will be one. Yes. And when you get to Revelation 4 and 5, the first thing you see when Christians are taken up into heaven, there's this worship service in the throne room mm-hmm. of heaven. There's this 24 elders and the four living creatures and all the angels and yeah. you know, all the believers. And God is sitting on a throne and Jesus is like a lion and the Spirit of God is there. But it's all a big, it's a temple moment. It's a yeah. worship experience. I don't think we're going to spend all our time doing that in heaven. Right. But it's a touchdown in heaven too to just keep ourselves connected to these eternal truths. But I think even right now, I think part of the reason, it's a wet your taste. It's when Jesus came back, he says, I got to be here because this is a taste yeah. of home. Home. This mm-hmm. is like going to a foreign country. I was telling you when I went, yeah. <laughs> when I went to Israel. <laughs> years ago, I went to Israel, and I'm eating all this weird food, and, you know, you're giving you cucumbers and yogurt for breakfast, you know, and I'm like, and no, ba- lox and bagels, and I'm like, gosh, I, I just want something American, you know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm walking down the street, and there's the Golden Arches, and it's called... McDavid. <laughs> yeah, I'm going in there and getting a burger, you know. And, uh, you know, but it was a taste of home. And I yeah. think when Jesus came to the temple, it was a taste of the Father's house. Yeah. And when we go to our local church, which God calls a temple, it's a taste of the Father's house that we're going to. And if we keep that balance, that tension between the relevant and the reverent. It can be that if we yep. lose that tension. Yeah, that's when you get into trouble. <laughs> it becomes so about the reverent that it doesn't connect to our life. It's irrelevant to us. And if it's so relevant that we ignore the reverence and we just do anything there so it doesn't have any Father's house peace to it, then it loses it too. So there's this tension between yep. being relevant and being reverent and getting a taste of the Father's house. Yeah. Jesus loved it and I think as Christians we can love it too. And it's not just, I want to be here, but I must. Yeah. I'm compelled to be here out of both duty and desire. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I find that immensely encouraging myself and hopefully you, our dear listener, will find it encouraging too. Hopefully you will continue to get thee to a a church on the weekends (laughs) and you'll you'll be worshiping. And of course, you know, if you're a Horizonsite, uh, you know, hopefully you're worshiping with us on the weekends at one of our locations anyway. But uh, yeah, that is, uh, that's wonderful stuff and uh, a nice little insight from a passage that we explored this weekend and It's amazing what you can uncover by looking at uh, one little word and then the discussions that that can unravel. (laughs) One of those things you really can't can't get into in the message, but it is fascinating and insightful for life and for us. And I think encouraging, I think, just to get a taste of the Father's house now is Mm -hmm. a pretty cool thing. It is. It is. So thank you, Steve, as always, for joining us and uh, illuminating our minds on this very fruitful discussion. If you have any questions for Steve, maybe you want to pick his brain more on this or you just want to generate some other topics 
topics for the podcast, you can email those to podcast at horizonschurch.net, or you can hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or if you happen to see Steve at Planet Fitness, you can bug him there when he's trying to do his squats. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) As always, thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.